For today's episode, we are drinking sangria because, like us, we're a great blend of things. <laughs> or it is. <laughs> Pour that shit. Mm. She's drinking it through a straw and making a face like she just sucked a tiny dick. <laughs> Josh doesn't have a tiny dick, though, for the no, record. No, <laughs> It's manaconda style. <laughs> just call me J-Lo. <laughs> I'm so glad we did those shots. Is LL Cool J in that movie? <laughs> Probably. Oh, I almost said R.I.P. Welcome to the second to last episode of the Girl Get Your Life Together podcast, Woo. season one. Season one. Where we are doing us part two to continue to let folks a little bit get to know us outside of just like the hot mess that is the my life dating life advice. and mm, Micah's healthy marriage. <laughs> healthy was so sarcastic. <laughs> I'm Kate. That's I'm Micah. That's Micah over there. And um, today we're talking us part two. Because you didn't ask for it, but we're going to give it to you anyway. Anyways, and I'm freshly back from three weeks um, in Southern Africa. And you had something you were pondering. When did you think of me the most on your trip? Well, other than when I was laying alone in my my glamping tent at night. Under the... Under the stars. Safari sky. Um, I actually thought of you all the time, particularly when I saw giraffes. Because, because this bitch is oh, obsessed no. with giraffes. Mike, what? what are you going to name your first child? Okay. You know what? I would like to say this is out of context. context. I don't think it is. I'm sorry. But like, you know, when you're talking about having a baby, you start thinking of names and you think of things that you like. And I like a good giraffe. So I'm sorry that I looked up giraffe in other languages to think about naming my future child. But they all were harafe. <laughs> or just straight up giraffe. So harafe Miller coming 2020. <laughs> So that's when I thought of you, is every time I saw a fucking giraffe. I would try to defend myself, but I'm literally sitting here with the giraffe pillow behind me, so I can't say You can't anything. say shit. His name is Gary. Um, the first question I would like to start with, it's not when did I think about you in Africa, which, which was all the time. All the time. Granted, I didn't let you forget about me either. I sent you a picture of myself almost every day. <laughs> Sliding into those DMs. And I was like, is this crazy? And then I was like, well, what if she forgets about me? That would be crazy. Yeah. Um, when do you feel the prettiest? Mm, when I'm standing next to a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> or in my giraffe costume, which I do own. Um, when Josh and I are role-playing and he's a giant weepy tree and I'm a giraffe just sliding up and through those branches. <laughs> I did, okay, I have another sidebar story I need to tell real quick. Um, I got a tattoo while I was in South Africa. You just went to take a sip out of that straw and mist, for the record, listeners. <laughs> this bitch took one shot of whiskey and she's <laughs> crying and missing her mouth. Um, <laughs> but oh, It's been a while since we've done this. Now I spit all over myself. But the tree that I got a tattoo of is an acacia tree leaf, which I saw everywhere I went. But they actually grow um, a lot. There's a few species that I saw, and one of them has thorns that grow on it. 
but giraffes have mastered the ability to eat around the thorns and just get to the leaves. I feel like that's a metaphor for my entire life. I eat around a lot of stuff that I'm not supposed to. Just make it work. It's like when I order Mexican food and it comes with sour cream, even though I'm allergic to it. You're like, I want it. I'm going to scrape it off the top. Um, so that's when you feel the prettiest, when you have sour cream? Yes. And I giraffes. Think, okay, I think when I feel the prettiest, um, is when I've been drinking. I think, it's actually, this sounds really dumb, but it's like, you know, like, girls would always say, like, they're trying to be, like, cool, they're like, I feel the prettiest, like, in his t-shirt, or whatever, like, or in, like, a baggy shirt, in, like, panties. Mm-hmm. I feel like, <laughs> I feel the prettiest when my hair is up. Mm-hmm. I feel the prettiest when I'm like hanging out and I'm in comfortable clothes that look though nice mm-hmm. and I'm having a like good leisure. Time. Is that what that means? Mm-hmm. I would say like it's less about what I'm wearing and more about like the atmosphere. So like my favorite times are like probably Friday nights when Josh and I get off work and we like come home and split a bottle of wine and we watch something on TV and we end up just like arguing over the TV show and watching YouTube videos or him being like, <laughs> I have to show you this thing that I saw. And you like, oh, I have to show you this thing. And that's when I feel the prettiest because I feel really loved and Mm. I feel very safe and happy and I feel like it doesn't really matter what I look like. Mm -hmm. So that's a good feeling. When it comes to like sexiness though, if I'm wearing like really hot lingerie and I put lipstick on, it's when I feel the prettiest. Mm. Lipstick I think is a big deal for me. Like I love a good lipstick. Oh, okay. I don't think I knew that. Like honestly, if I'm having a day where I'm like, my life is a mess, I've been crying, I'm not wearing any makeup, my hair is gross, I will put lipstick on and be like, I'm good. That's great. I would have thought you were going to say something related to, like, eye makeup because I definitely feel like you do a great job with, like, liners and shadows. Thank you. I very rarely wear them. But, right, that's why, which mm-hmm. is kind of why I thought you would say that because, like, yeah. it's always kind of more occasionally when I see you in them. Yeah, it's weird because, like, I am, I've always been pretty good at makeup. It's funny because, like, I, my mom's never been a big makeup person. Like, she didn't teach me. She's not like, she sat me down and was like, this is what you do with your makeup. My like, mom was, like, total hippie who, like, helped me 0%. Yeah, my mom was kind of was God like. Thank God for my friend Kinsey who took me to Sephora in college. I don't know how I started doing it. I think I started watching a lot of, like, makeup tutorials. But even then, I don't follow them. But I kind of, like, taught myself how to do it and just started doing it. And, like, to the point where, like, two of our friends, Caitlin and Hannah, asked me to come over for a contour night to teach them how to contour their faces. <laughs> And I didn't go. And I sent me pictures of it. And they looked like they both, like, had rolled in dirt. <laughs> and they were like, we made a mistake. And I was like, why are you using, like, cocoa brown highlighter? Like, it was so bad and so funny. But, like, yeah. So, like, full face of makeup for me is kind of, like, it is an occasion thing. But it doesn't make me feel necessarily prettier. It makes me feel like I'm doing something more and going out more. But lipstick is, like, my go-to makeup mm. thing. Like, if I'm not wearing a stitch of other makeup, it's lipstick for me. Got it. What about you? <clears throat> um, I feel it's kind. Of, there's really something to that where it's like you feel the prettiest when you're like feel like you're essentially not trying. Exactly. You know what I kind of mean? When someone looks at you and you can tell they think you're pretty, but it's like you're not yeah. even tried. Because I feel like if I was like done to the nines, like if I had a full face of makeup on and I was like wearing like you're like I'm supposed spanks. to be beautiful yeah. right now. It's easier to be like you look beautiful, but if you're having a day where it's like someone's looking at you like they just like to give you the world and you're like I haven't tried that much. That's when you know that you're like oh. yeah. Um, I feel that also particularly like in like now because I also have like um, I'm tan for my trip but like now through summer is also when I feel the prettiest because like I don't wear a lot of face makeup in Mm -hmm. the summertime once you start to get like a little bit tan like I'll wear like a tinted Mm -hmm. moisturizer um like fill in my brows and wear mascara and like that's when I feel the prettiest yeah it's definitely like when you are tanner I feel 
Life is better yeah, when you're tan. Honestly, it really is. It's like when I go to Hawaii and I'm like there in the sun and I can see I'm getting kind of like bronzed. Well, my version of like my Irish Polish version of bronze, <laughs> which is like slightly burnt. Um, I feel better. And I feel like I think it's maybe it's because like the vitamin D makes you happier. So you maybe, feel better. Yeah. But like there's something about that definitely. Like that's why tanning was so popular for such a long time was like. You go in and you kind of feel like you look skinnier, first of all, for me. I always felt thinner when I was tan, which, why? <laughs> Although one time I did burn in a weird swimsuit that made me have, like, a weird color-blocking sun tan that made me look, like, optical illusion skinnier when I was naked. <laughs> Best burn I've ever had. <laughs> so, yeah. That's perfect. Um, great. Next question. What else did you do for your trip, though? On my trip, though? Yeah, what else did you do? What was your favorite part of your trip? Um, The whole thing was really amazing, actually. Because you were, like, well-versed in travel. <clears throat> like, I didn't think I realized how many places you had been until I was digging through your Facebook while you were gone, like a low-key <laughs> creeper. And I saw things from, like, 2011, Greece. And I was like, what? Yeah, I am, I am lucky to have traveled a lot. But mm. this trip was amazing. Uh, I started, pl- I wanted to go on a safari for the better part of a decade. Um, but then I actually like started to get action oriented when I thought it was kind of going to be my eat, pray, love trip after, mm-hmm. um, my breakup last year. But by now it's like, I feel so healed and whole from that, that like, this was just a really wonderful vacation with like one of my best friends. Well, it's and, like a celebration mm-hmm, tour. Yeah. And so like seeing all the animals was like, I really can't even like. It was surreal. There's not words that are, like, adequate for how amazing it actually was. Baby lions and baby elephants Aww. are everything. Um, traveling with my girlfriend was effortless. Like, mm-hmm. really enjoyed her company the whole time. And just, like, um, tapping out for three weeks from work was also really incredible. Oh, yeah. I can't – I don't think I've been, like, truly away that long since probably I studied abroad in 2011. So it was just, like, really wonderful to, like, leave my yeah. work phone at home and – and truly just, like, de-stress, kind of really fully immerse yourself yeah. in something else. I felt super present, and I feel now coming home, like, really fucking lucky. That's what was so funny is, like, when I went to Australia in 2013, I remember talking to people I met there, and they're like, well, how long are you here? And I was like, well, I have, I'm here for 10 days. Mm-hmm. And I remember them looking at me and being like, why? What's the point if you are going to come here just for 10 days? And I was like, well, that's all the time off I have. And they were like, why wouldn't you take, like, the month off? Why wouldn't you do this? And I'm like, well, it's not really something our culture really, like, applause mm-hmm. like when you leave for work people are usually like well what are we gonna do without you when are you coming back well what are you gonna have your phone with you are you gonna have mm-hmm. your laptop and so i think it's really cool that you guys got like kind of like fully just distance yourself a little yeah. bit and be like i'm going on a trip that celebrates me and the changes i've made this last year and just have a good time somewhere where i'm not worrying about like work or my responsibilities back home or any of that other stuff and just really get into the culture get into the experience and just live your life mm-hmm. thanks i appreciate that you're welcome Attention, attention, tributes. So shout out to Michael's mom for being our first sponsor. Thanks, mom. <laughs> That's Jean Sazinski on Instagram. She is a Rodanda Fields representative. And you can DM us for samples, her content information, um, if you want to make some orders, which you probably should because we look great. <laughs> we look the best. And so. if you want to be like us, which I know that you do, after listening to this podcast, you're like, you know who's an inspiration to us all? Those two clusterfucks. <laughs> get on that bandwagon <laughs> honestly my life could be a complete mess but my skin looks great thanks you rodan and fields and accutane <laughs> don't do accutane just do the rodan and fields <laughs> can i just laugh us out 
requested the summer tanner for you because I really like it. I used to use that. Um, well, I have this fresh Africa glow that I'm trying to hold on to now. Well, the thing is, like, so I don't tan well, as you can probably tell from looking at me. And instead of going to the tanning booths, although I do find that very soothing, it is also very skin cancery. Yeah. And I <laughs> very skin cancery. <laughs> I used to use the Victoria's Secret uh, summer tanner, which was scented like Love Spell, mm. and it also had glitter in it. And it was very streaky. And so I would look, like, my front of my arm would look really like, oh, look at this, like, tan, like, contoured arm. And then the back would be, like, orange finger streaks. I have a story I need to tell about zebras really quick. Does it involve someone with tanner zebras? Mm -hmm. Hit me with it. I learned when I was on safari in Africa that when zebras start to turn brown, like, the white part of them starts to turn brown, it means that life is good for them on the savanna because they're getting fat. Oh. And so... I was inspired by the zebras, and I came home from Africa a little bit browner and a little bit fatter. Story of my fucking life. So the so the story of my fucking life is like, give me that sunless tanner because I'm trying to hold on to this glow yeah. I have. That way you're like, my life is great. I am a non-streaky zebra, and living that Rodan and Field sunless tanner life. <laughs> but you also look very glowy. Thank you. You know why? Why? Because I started using the Rodan and Fields microderm abrasion paste. Ooh. I love that stuff. No dry, dead, flaky skin happening on this face. Not for you. Soft as a baby's bottom, but not <laughs> gross. Thank you for your consideration. And we're back. First question for us, part two, is... What was the best gift you ever received and best gift you ever gave? Mm, says the lady with the love languages. Yep. Wants to know. Give me a hint of what's to come for my birthday. Uh-huh. Um... I, the first thing that came to mind for best gift ever received was, um, I bought my first car for $800. It was a 1985 Mazda 626. Um, and then it blew up 11 months later as a car that's $800 would. Yep. And I, my parents didn't buy me my first car, so I didn't expect them to replace it. And I was like really devastated. Yeah. And then my dad bought me a 2000 Hyundai Elantra. It had like power windows and everything so it was quite an upgrade for my car so like i remember like receiving that and just feeling like so happy happy and grateful best gift given um i I really like to gift experiences Mm -hmm. i think they're fun because it's like a memory time something like that um so me and my mom have this tradition now where we go out of town for every mother's day weekend and i think that's like a fun ongoing yeah best gift given it's like Brings her a lot of joy, but also, you know, it's dedicated time. You see your mom all the time. At least I do. Yeah. She's one of my buddies for sure, but it's just, like, nice to get away with her. Yeah. That makes sense. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. What's something that you're obsessed with right now? Um, Besides you. And, and giraffes. Podca- and giraffes. I'm always obsessed with giraffes. And this podcast. I think, okay, so for Christmas, my mom, back to the gifts, um, my mom... <laughs> I found like so materialistic, but I'm not mad at it. I'm a material girl in the material world. I my mom got my niece and I, who's four, the same gift for Christmas. And it's these pillow pet like stuffed animals that are called squishimals. And they are like giant animal shaped marshmallow pillow things. And I am obsessed with them. I sleep with it instead of actual pillows. I see at least two in the room that we're currently in. I have three. So I have two of the giraffe ones and one that's a lamb named Sophia. 
and they come with these tags that have their name and a little description and i just love it it's like i got rid of my pillows on the bed and i sleep with them because they kind of mold to where you move them so i just i don't know i love it and it's so silly but what's funny is that my brother also is obsessed with it so that night when my niece got one he liked it so much that he drove with his wife to go to walgreens where we got them to buy himself one and now they have about seven in their house and him and my niece fight over who's our who's (laughs) (laughs) so at least i'm not that crazy love it yeah, that's my current obsession. I know it sounds so silly. It's, like, almost embarrassing. And my husband's always like, God, you're obsessed. Because we were at Target today, and they had them. And I was like, oh, we have to go down that aisle. And Josh is like, no. No more. It's like, it's sad. And I was like, no, it's not. I love them. Well, you didn't shit your pants while you were there, so not that I sad. I did not. I did not shit my pants while we were there. It was before I ate all that cheese. You could just ask me a question. I don't know. I can't read any of this. Okay. Um, what's the best period of your life? The best period of my life? Mm-hmm. I'm talking menstruation. <laughs> just kidding. Um, the good and plenty issue? Yeah, the, the good time. That was the, I was thriving. Um, now, this one's a little bit bittersweet to answer, actually, which I think um, kind of like what we talked about in the breakup episode where mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to, like, I would never take back my relationship or marriage, and I can look back on it with, like, a lot of gratitude and love, but there was, like, a time, probably in the first couple of years of our marriage, where um, mm-hmm. it was, like, I loved feeling like I was part of a power couple, and, like, yeah. the dink, dual-income-no-kids lifestyle, and we were traveling, and um, I was having a great time. Yeah. That was wonderful. Yeah. Makes sense. You'll get there again. What are assumptions that people make about you that are wrong? Um, I think people assume that I'm stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That would be an incorrect assumption. It's not totally wrong. I mean. Why would someone assume that? I think it's because I, sounds on the physical level, I'm blonde and I have big boobs. (laughs) And then it's also I've been told like, oh, the way you talk doesn't sound like you're educated. (laughs) I'm like, okay. I have a master's degree. Fuck you. Do you actually have a master's degree? I do. In what? I have a master's degree in communication and leadership from Gonzaga. So this is a perfect example of you didn't know where I went to college in general, and I didn't know that you had a second degree. (laughs) I do. I'm not using it, but I have it. I have, yeah, I have so many weird things. I have a major and a double minor from Wazoo. I have a master's degree. I have a real estate license. (laughs) Um, I have one BA communications with an English minor and then i also got a digital marketing certificate from the uw last year i have a minor in english and history fuck yeah yeah and so they took so many classes that they're like you can minor in this if you want i was like oh might as well cool yeah (laughs) um i think people yeah people think i'm stupid i talk really fast i think that's part of it and i Mm. kind of just mumble and i think it's like i'm also really open so i think people think that like oh, it's easy for her. She doesn't have anxiety. She's so, like, an open book. And I'm like, yeah, I I am an open book. But I also, like we said, mildly debilitated by anxiety. So that's part of the way that I (laughs) deal with my anxiety is just by being completely open. Like, there's probably not a question people would ask me that I would not answer Mm -hmm. across the board. Mm -hmm. Complete stranger. Sure. Want to know about my sexual history? I'll lay it on (laughs) you. Ask away. (sighs) Oh, I think, so... Do you think you have resting bitch face? <laughs> um, people, yes, maybe I do. Because I've heard m- on 
enough occasions that it's a pattern that I intimidate people. And the only reason that I think that that would be is if I have a resting bitch face. I think I have resting friendly face. <laughs> I think people want to talk to me and I'm like, please don't address me, strange person in the elevator. Please don't tell me your life secrets. People like would just like talk to me and tell me like stuff, like, giving deep secrets. I also, I can't keep a secret for shit. I'm a terrible secret keeper. Unless you tell me verbatim, this is, this a, is secret, a secret, I will tell everyone I know. That's Because um... again, I'm an open book. So I assume people, assume, I assume people tell me things knowing that I'm going to talk to people about it. So unless, again, unless, <laughs> forewarning for everyone in the room, Josh has learned this the hard way, unless you tell me this is a secret, I don't assume that it is. I assume you're telling me, and you're probably like, oh, Michaela, I'm like the low man on the totem pole, so why would you tell me your secret inner thoughts? Yeah. It's hard to know um, when something should be kept in confidence and when it should, and I do have a tendency to do that, too. I assume never. <laughs> it's like, this is an open, fair game. So, yeah, <laughs> I am not nice and I am not smart. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get like all hinge profile on you. Okay. What's your biggest fear? Oh, my biggest fear. I will say like physical fear, like a normal person fear, like <clears throat> ghosts and also like a metaphysical one, like a philosophical fear. A philosophical fear. So it's a twofer. I don't have a physical fear, I don't think. Like, the, at least, like, the obvious ones that come to mind. Like, I'm not afraid of spiders. I'm not afraid of heights. Sharks? Um, I'm seriously considering shark dank tank. Why? <laughs> <laughs> shark tank diving in She's Cape so Town. scared. She's lost. <laughs> I mean, that, I know that that would be scary, but I would still, like, do it. I am borderline terrified of sharks. And yet, I still kind of want to do that, so I think it would be okay. fascinating. But but I guess that comes with, like, the you're inside of something, so in theory, you're safe. I have been, like, um, uh, snorkeling in, like, Hawaii when, like, there, I had a moment where I really scared myself because I was, like, in deep water, and it got dark all of a sudden, and I was like, how am I so far out here? And then I just, like, had a moment of, like, Panic? a shark is going to come eat me, and I panicked. Yeah. So I guess my answer is deep, dark water. I did that with stingrays one time. Hmm. We were in a stingray frenzy, though. We went, so it was when I was in, like, the Bahamas, I think, or maybe Jamaica. I don't remember. This is also going back to the fad when I had full braids. Yep. I was also pudgy. Were there beads at the end? Yes. Great. Plenty of beads. Did your son, did your scalp get sunburned? It did. And then took out, I took out half of them in the airport and didn't have time to take out the rest of them. <laughs> so I had to board the plane with half braided, half, like, my hair was, like, crimped on the, froed out on the other side. And I was, like, I was chubby, too. So I looked, like, so, I was, like, honey boo-poo with, like, half braids. And this is, like, we went on this, like, scuba <laughs> tour where they're going to take you out to this, like, stingray, like, um, sandbar, and you could feed the stingrays, and you got in the water. But our tour guide, as we're about to get in the water with all of, there's, like, hundreds of stingrays there. As we're about to get in, he's like, don't step on them, or they're stinging you, and you're going to die. I am 10. And there's so many that you can't see the ground. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, naturally, my brother and I are both, like, screaming and clinging to my dad. Like, one is on the front of him. One's on the back. And he goes, I'm going to only hang on to one of you at a time. Michael. And just shoves me off of him. It's like that slow motion matrix dive as I'm going into the water, being, like, like covered in stingrays. I'm like, Father, you betrayed me. And I'm, like, sinking down. I was horrified. That made me think of um, the scene in The Lion King where – I got Mufasa. Scar throws, yeah, Mufasa. By my off. father. Mm-hmm. I have never forgiven him. <laughs> and I was like, you chose Jake over me. 
like, well, God, you're also, like, crawling all over me. And I'm like, you chose to reproduce. This is what you get. Oh, that's awesome. I wish I would have swam with them better looking back now. I think my biggest philosophical fear is, um, like, a, maybe a combination of, like, not being enough or rejection. Yeah. Um, I get, I have, like, a fear of being second best, I guess. Oh, that's a valid one. Mm-hmm. Your father throwing you off of his back and choosing your sibling. <laughs> yeah. That could fuel any phobias. Um, I want to flip that and ask you the same one. Okay. Besides sharks and ghosts. Yep. Um, I would say yeah, I have a weird phobia. Not phobia. I guess fear of like ghosts. It's things that like, so my father was a cop. I would love to meet a friendly ghost. Not an angry one, but a I would hard one. pass on all of it. <laughs> I my father was a cop growing up, so I feel like normal world fears. Like some people I talk to are like, oh, "I'm so scared someone's gonna break into my house or I'm gonna get murdered," and that never phased me. Every time I watch like a supernatural horror movie, I'd be like, "I don't know if this could happen or not in real life." And Josh will say, "It can't," and I'm like, "Don't say that. You don't know. There's you not enough proof." So yeah, you're not sure. Anything that's like it could happen, it could not happen. Who's to say? That freaks me out. Yeah. I guess like philosophical fears mm, probably that i'm a terrible human being <laughs> like i worry that like i don't know if i believe in god or not but i worry it's gonna be like i'm gonna die and it's gonna be final judgment day and i'm gonna get to like the pearly gates if there are such a thing and he's gonna be like you suck <laughs> you don't get to come inside get your ticket to hell goodbye and i'm like oh no um, join Fine, me on okay. Team Atheist and don't worry about it. I did that in college. I was like, cool, there's nothing to worry about. But then I worry about, like, what if it's, like, reincarnation? And I get reincarnated as a piece of poop. <laughs> that someone shits a target? Yeah. I get the poop, <laughs> the thong poops at Target. <laughs> uh, Moving on. <laughs> um, can you tell me, uh, if you want, about your allergies? Oh, Yeah. This is what people tune in for. Um, I have a lot of allergies. I haven't, I don't know what's happening right now, but I'm having an intense desire to lick the microphone. <laughs> Talking about allergies. I am <laughs> allergic to this and this content. <laughs> Who knows where that has been? I don't know. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I just, it's, I want to. I went through a phase where my biggest fear was getting an STD and I thought that's how you get one. Oh, that is, a, that's a legitimate fear. Yeah. Can I tell you a little story about getting an STD? Yeah. Um, we can cut this out. I've never it. had one. I have a permanent one, but besides that, uh, so I conquered that fear by just diving <laughs> into the world of HPV. Um, I was in Australia and I was newly single. I hooked up with this guy, but when I went to Australia, I forgot to pack pants. So I had to go buy a bunch of stuff and I bought these like bright pink sweatpants, like these like fluffy fleece sweatpants. And I went to the bathroom the day after hooking up with this guy and I pulled my pants down and I was like, oh. <gasps> I have an STD. There was like this pink, like, I thought there were like puzzles or something all over my vagina. It was just fuzz from the sweatpants that was stuck to me. <laughs> and I sat on the toilet for like five minutes on the verge of tears being like, how am I going to explain this to my parents? <laughs> I never have sex again. I had a, a legitimate STD scare um, over the summer, but what I was like convinced that I – had some kind of STD, but really what was just happening is I had an allergic reaction to um, the sugaring from a Brazilian. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't Was fun. that when you put a piece of garlic in your vagina? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can cut this out. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't. That was when I had um, BV, which is 
bacterial barbarian va- vagina syndrome. <laughs> Bacteria vaginitis. It's basically like an extreme yeast infection. <laughs> so I got HPV after I'd been with one person my entire life, and I had never been to the gynecologist before. God. And my mom finally You have, me like, to go. bad luck. I do. I have the worst luck. And I was like, okay. I went to the gynecologist, and they're like, oh. And then they, I came back for a follow-up, and their lady was like, well, you have HPV, and you're going to have it forever. <laughs> and I was, like, burst into tears. And I was like, what? And she's like, it's kind of like AIDS. But and I was like, what? She said that? She was like... Thinking about like HIV where it stays no, in your system forever. No bedside like, manner. And I was horrified. And so it's like bawling hysterically. And then when my actual gynecologist walked in, she was like, why are you crying? And I was like, I'm going to have this forever. And she's like, no, you're not. She's like, it goes dormant in your system. It's not a big deal. Like everyone has it. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Might have overreacted by the HIV comparison. HPV sucks though. It's like the, the cervix scraping and it's not great. Oh, yeah. But I haven't had, like, a... They call it, like, a flare-up when the virus becomes present in your system again. And I haven't had one in, like, six years. So. I think that's the way herpes works, too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's equate it to that. <laughs> I remember when I first told Josh I had HPV. Because, like, they told you, you don't have to tell your partner if not, because it's not, like, a huge thing. But I felt like I should, because, like, you can yeah. give it to somebody. So I told Josh. And it happened to be the same night that he had food poisoning. Which we found out as after I told him I had HPV, he looked at me and was like, I'll go to the bathroom. And started barfing profusely. <laughs> it was very reassuring in a new relationship. <laughs> it felt very warmly coddled. Hmm. Next question. Is it my turn? Um, I don't even know. We're, I think we're being told to wrap it up. We're going to have to cut this into something. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> Except one final question for each other. And then we'll wrap it up. You have one you want to ask? Um. I'll ask one. What is it going to be? What do you like most about yourself? Hmm. What do I like most about myself? And what are you working on? That's the whole point of this podcast. Ah. That's a good one. Um. And I'll answer the same one. I think I like my... Re- resiliency the most <laughs> say you're a Brazilian <laughs> I did get one of those today nice yeah except I'm in the phase where like toilet paper sticks to you <laughs> oh I only had one once and the lady walked in and she goes uh virgin hair <laughs> and I was like not coming back ever I'm done forever um but I most like my resiliency <laughs> about myself um I don't know I think uh I'm I most like you're Brazilian <laughs> I've just been walking through a lot lately, and I feel like yeah. uh, pretty impressed with myself, if I'm being honest, for, like, how well I have rebounded and evolved from, like, basically um, everything that I knew, thought, and I wanted yeah. changed. You're doing very well. Doing very well. Things that I'm working on about myself... Um. In therapy, I'm current. I've done a really good job of like addressing um, personality and like relationship behavior that I don't like about myself. But I haven't dug in to address root causes, which is now what I'm doing with um, Sierra. Okay. So it's been like <clears throat> pretty uncomfortable to like figure out like why I am the way I am. But that's what I'm working on about myself right now. 
And basically, we can blame our parents for everything. 100%. Good and bad. Yeah, my dad throw me into those stingrays. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, stuff I like about myself, I think I'm funny. Yeah, I like that about you, too. I think I'm pretty social as a person. Mm-hmm. I think that I do well in group situations. I think I walk through you, the world. You no, know you, you have to pick one, because you made me pick one. Oh, just I like I'm funny. There we go. <laughs> Then, so in other words, I like a lot more about myself mm, than just my resiliency. I like everything about I'm myself. I'm pretty great. I'm pretty wonderful. And I'm pretty awesome. Um, what I do not like about myself, I think my negative self-talk is the biggest mm. issue I have right now. Um, I think I let other people kind of dictate to me how I feel about myself, about my worldview. And that's what part of this podcast is about, is trying to bring it back down to reality mm-hmm. and not letting that stuff get to me as much. Um, I talked to my husband about this today, and it's like I really am trying to like shake things off better and not kind of take everything to heart. I think kind of like we talk about love languages with the affirmations. I think the opposite is also true where it's like people say something negative to me or they kind of show me that they don't care. It really hurts me and I take it like I play it close to the vest. I pull it in and I hold it there and I think about it all the time and I let it kind of dictate how I see myself and my inner monologue is affected by that. Hmm. So I'm really trying to kind of get out of my own head and take things and remind myself that just because someone else has a problem necessarily with you doesn't mean it's actually your problem Mm -hmm. ultimately what i feel like this sort of project has been for us is like the opportunity to just like in a lot of ways be ourselves be vulnerable and i've really enjoyed the time with you therapizing me the therapizing you i've laughed way more than i thought i would maybe i cried earlier (laughs) Maybe it means I enjoy my own company too much, but you really just like you are the cherry to your on own top. Voice on the mm-hmm. podcast. I, I absolutely do <laughs> listen to our podcast. My, you skip uh-huh. my parts and you're like, God, I'm so great. Um, But as we sort of like wrap up the last you and I episode before we get into the party episode for the end of party. season one next week, um, I'm just like reflecting on this with like a lot of like love and gratitude and like this was absolutely worth it. It started for us, but I feel like the feedback we've gotten has become beyond beyond just this room it has sometimes when you look at me it scares me because i love you that yes i love you that hard it's concerning <laughs> anyway says the bitch who stalked me back to 2011 on facebook <laughs> while i was gone i mean i can love you from afar there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that um so tell us what you think of us I in think, a healthy positive way in a healthy positive way i think we've been a really good dream team i think you if i'm being honest because i mm. mostly am you have a tendency to sometimes ramble in your stories but i think i do a really good job yeah. of moderating our podcast 100 percent. um and i think that you bring a lot of like the um rawness that it, like backs up my willingness to get out of my own comfort zone so i think that's how yeah. we like we have a i would say we have a pretty fucking great chemistry you hold me accountable and I think I challenge you. Mm-hmm. You definitely to open up a little you bit more. Do, mm-hmm. but you also make me, I think, a more substantial person. I hold space for you, I hold space as for as you. the youth say, the woke mm-hmm. youth. Hold space for us in your subscription <laughs> area. <laughs> Bye. Oh, it's you again. What are you still doing here? Go listen to our next episode. Rate, review, like, subscribe, all of the above. It's multiple choice.